This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Leicester Till I Die podcasts on the Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Anchor and all podcast platforms. You are watching Leicester Till I Die TV with Chris and Chumps. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and Pinterest. All you need for everything Leicester City FC. It's Leicester Till I Die TV. Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on and ready to go. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Now be sure to watch Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV by subscribing on YouTube and following them on social media for all the latest Leicester City news and information. Come on you foxes! Good evening fellow Fox fans! This is Leicester Till I Die TV, of course. You are watching Leicester Till I Die TV. And it's live. We certainly are. And we are live on YouTube, which is that one, which is Leicester Till I Die TV. We're live in the Facebook group, uh, Leicester Till I Die. And we're live on Twitter and Periscope at Leicester TID. And if you are watching on YouTube or you know our channel, 
please do me a little favor and just go on there and give the old um, subscribe button a click if you don't mind little subtle hint there for you it's friday night and i'm back again it's been every night of the week hasn't it <laughs> i'm just invite me i'll just move in with you you know, just uh, don't you know, bother doing this. Just invite me and I'll come down, join you. We can have a little bubble together, <laughs> a little football bubble. <laughs> but uh, hey, we've got this for a few weeks with the FA Cup, with the Europa League coming back as well. We've got a lot of games coming up. I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of squad rotation. Um, but it's this weekend we're looking at and it's Sunday. And we are two o'clock kickoff traveling across the um, Midlands to the Molyneux Stadium. It's on Sky Sports if you have that platform, BBC Radio 5, and of course, Radio Leicester. And you can listen to it as well for free on lcfc.com. We are going to have to speak now to uh, Ed, who is a Wolves fan, but you know. We can't hold that against him. Uh, Ed Haig from Wolves fan podcast, Wolves Vavel. Or Vavel, I can't. He's going to pronounce it for me properly now. Good evening yeah. there, Ed. Uh, hiya, hiya. Yeah, Wolves Vavel, yeah. Vavel. I did ask you before and I still got <laughs> it wrong. <laughs> no, don't worry, don't worry. How are you doing? I'm very good, thank you. I'm very good. Um, again, I haven't done much today. We're just, we're just chilling in lockdown. But yeah, I'm doing as best as I can. Thank you very much. How are you? I'm not so bad. Aren't we all just chilling in lockdown? Mm. One day seems to merge into the other. Thank God yeah. for football and thank God there is so much football on. And, Definitely, uh, yeah. And things like this to keep us occupied. Like I say, I, 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 this is my fifth one this week. Tomorrow night, I don't know whether I'm happier or the viewers are happy. I've got a night off. But <laughs> You're putting in the work, you are. Respect, yeah. Respect I know. If, if only I got paid. If only I got paid. <laughs> Wolves Vavel, tell us about it. Uh, yeah, so we're a, a, an online website, pretty much. Uh, we've got writers for pretty much all, all the well, definitely all the teams in the Premier League, all the teams around Europe. And um, we produce content, written content, which goes out online. Um, so it's sort of like, a, as I said, an online newspaper. And then we recently started branching out into at Wolves Vavel. We started a, a podcast on Spotify and we started a YouTube channel. Um, and yeah, we're, I know the Arsenal Vavel team have started a, a podcast as well. So we're we're sort of trying to branch out from that written content, but that's predominantly yeah. what we are. We're a written newspaper um, with yeah uh, writers, and and we're trying to branch out really. And they can find that just by searching Wolves Vavel, can they? Yeah, just uh, Vavel dot com, and that's yes. that's it. And then it will take yeah. you onto the page, and then. The world's yours. <laughs> There's so many articles on there. There's so many articles. Going to say good evening to the bronze plumber. Thanks a lot for joining us. I don't think you'll get many people agreeing with you here, and hopefully you're saying this a little bit tongue-in-cheek. Uh, too many games, too many injuries, ditch the European Cup. Oh, I I've got to say, I've got to say no to that. I'm sorry, bronze plumber there. You get a big fat uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to ask you, Ed, do you see Leicester? I mean, for me... I never used to be bothered about Wolves. I started, not to put it too too bluntly, hate Wolves. <laughs> and when, <laughs> You're probably too young to remember this, but when Mark McGee left us and walked out from us to you, mm -hmm. and I, I don't know whether you remember Mark McGee or not. I mean, typical, typical you look too young, I've got to be honest with you. But, um, I'll take that as a compliment, yeah. No, I don't, re <laughs> I don't really remember Mark McGee. 
Um, <laughs> but my parents have told me stories about him and stuff like oh, that. Oh, oh, that was that was. Let me just take the knife out the back there. <laughs> parents, thank you for that. Um, now, I mean, it, typical fan here. He actually we poached him from Reading, which was fine, but you poached him from us, which was mm. like you know, oh, that can't be done. <laughs> I think what hurt for a lot of Leicester fans that when he left and went to Wolves, that he left us to join a bigger club. Mm. And I think it was that sentence that we will always remember him for, especially yeah, as yeah. we went on under Martin O'Neill, who replaced him to obviously bigger and better things. And it took you a while to sort of catch us up. But do you see us as, as rivals? I mean, obviously um, West Brom are your big ones, obviously. Yeah, Villa and West Brom's the big one. I don't see Leicester as rivals in terms of local. or. Hmm. I think the only rivalry we see with Leicester is... Well, in previous season, challenging for that top six or that top yeah. seven, um, obviously not so much anymore. Um, yeah. But I don't, I don't. Obviously, it's a Midlands. You're a Midlands club, and so are we. But no, I don't see any any rivalry in there. And I think a lot of the fans coming through right now that aren't aware of that Mark McGee uh, situation won't see it as a rivalry. They'll just see it as a another team trying to get in that top seven. So yes. that's the way yes. I'd, I'd see it. I, th- I think possibly, I know for a while, we were struggling to find another Midlands club in the Premier League to actually call a rival. But, uh, yeah. Um, and, and it's nice to have you back so we've got some points we can win. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, we, we, we're, pretty, we're pretty close. I mean, we've played each other seven times in the Premier League. We've beaten you twice, you've beaten us twice, and we've got three draws. They're always tight games between us, aren't they? Yeah, I was going to say you put that up earlier before we before we started. I was surprised how how close it is. It's bang on, isn't it? Mm. Um, yes. I think yeah, they always have been close games, and they always have been. I think cagey tactical affairs. I think neither side. We both know that both sides have that attacking explosive power, but I don't think either side is willing to. Re- well, in the past, it has been really willing to commit one hundred percent, and I think that's why yes. we've seen some pretty. Apart from the 4-3 at, at the Molyneux, I think we've seen some pretty dull affairs. Well, I, I, I was actually timing how long it would be before. <laughs> <laughs> I just got to sneak that one in. Yes, yeah. A lot of, whenever we do these sorts of things, like Liverpool and Man City fans always say they're counting down how long till we mention the Premier League win. Mm. <laughs> I, knew, I knew that would come up. That said, I think that was probably the last game that was actually even remotely... Um, exciting. I mean, last season, obviously we, we met twice, and they were both nil nils. <laughs> Although that first one, if I remember, was very controversial for a VAR decision. Yeah, VAR was that again. We we don't have the best of luck with VAR against Leicester. I think when the first season it was brought in, I think Bolly's handball. Mm. Uh, we had a goal rolled out for Bolly's handball, which was uh, which was tight, and I think Neto or or one of our fullbacks was was tight again, but I think yeah. I think we I think the Premier League as a whole I think there's still some terrible decisions, but I think we're getting more used to VAR now, so hopefully we won't see any as much as them. Just just a touch on VAR. Um, I mean, it's quite funny that we it's like anything else. If a decision goes your way, it's marvelous. Mm. If it doesn't go yeah, your yeah. way, it's useless. Pretty much like like the ref. I mean, you know, how, how many times the fans? Oh, we had a bad ref today, and all the rest oh, that. Oh, yeah. We all used to blame the referee. Now we're all blaming VAR. 
is there any difference? Should we go back to just having refs and it being down to human choice, or should we stick with VAR, which, let's be honest with you, is getting so cynical. Mm. You know, you you you, you get armpit, armpit hair and you could be offside, you know. I think this is a very personal opinion, and I think a lot of fans might not agree with me, but I personally... I personally like VAR, and I think it is good for the game. But I think it's the use of VAR that's that's really hampering it. I think if you look at the when it was first brought in and how they said they were going to use it was for clear and obvious errors. And I think if you have to zoom in and draw little lines on a pitch to see if it's offside, that's not a clear and obvious error. So I think they they're using it too frequently, um, and I think that's where a lot of the the, the small decisions the ones that could have gone either way are are coming i think they use it very well in cricket but cricket it's either out or it's not out i think football's lots of different things and i think they're using it too frequently and i think they're too trigger happy with it at the moment but overall i personally i like i quite like var i think there's been certain occasions where there was a goal that was a good foot offside Mm. which which would would have stood which would have stood which shouldn't have stood um but I think, yeah, as I said, they're too too trigger happy, and I think they're not using it just for clear and obvious error. I think they're checking every goal, which I don't think it should be. I know. Should should it be a case of, like you say, you know, if 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 the referee's not seen it, then obviously it's a tight decision. Mm. Um, and like you say, if it, if it is a case of let's spend five minutes drawing lines in, then. You know that, like I say, that is getting silly. You know, should we be saying? And it is the offside rule that I think you know, and things like that. I think are generally pissing people off. Should it be the whole body's offside? I don't know. It's one of them. It's the rules are very, very up in the air at the minute. I think we saw with Villa against City with uh, Tyron Mings being robbed of the ball from Rodri coming back from an offside position. I think the the rules are. Um, I don't think they're quite right at the minute and I think they need to be looked at properly but whether, whether it's the offside the full body I, I'm not sure I think because the offside rule is about the striker ga- gaining an unfair advantage and I don't think the striker gains an unfair advantage by having a toenail offside no. I think m- maybe it should be half the body the body is offside but then again you're going to have other other things that come into that where's exactly half the body like, yeah. I don't think you're ever going to win with it, but I think they need to change something to make it more understandable and more reasonable, really. I think they've tried to introduce VAR with the rules as they were, but the mm. rules as they were yeah, suitable for, for VAR. It all needs to be looked at together. But let's hope it is a... Um, it's, it's you know it's a project in the making as they say and it will get better each each year each season you know but yeah. um, hopefully we, we 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 had a penalty talking about penalty decisions and VAR we had a penalty in the in the last game against you um, mm-hmm. again another tight affair two nil nil last season and a one nil this season I don't think we're looking forward to a goal fest are we um, memories of that game um. Not too much, really. I think with with the majority of our games this season, they've been just boring affairs. I think we, we've been poor. Everyone knows we've been poor this season, and the, the stats show that we've been poor this season. But I think, um, again, it's just a, it's just a boring game. I can't really recall the game. Um, I mean, 
Yeah. <laughs> just, to, just to say somebody's asked here, and, and Stephen Collins, good evening, Stephen. Thanks for joining us. He said, and he asked this early, but I was waiting for sort of the right moment, what's going on with Wolves? I mean, Wolves came up. You've got a brilliant manager. Uh, I've spoken to the Wolves fans, and you, you totally adore the guy. And, you know, what he's done for you is is, is amazing, really. Um, yeah. you, you got through the first season. You didn't go straight back down. You got through second season syndrome, which usually catches some, some teams out. And this is your third season, isn't it, now? Yeah. Up here. And, I mean, you know... <sighs> We're used to you being up there with us, like you say, like you know, last season vying for the for the you know Europa League spot, and you, you're down there in in 14th. You're only four points off being fourth from bottom. What yeah. what what has what what has gone wrong? I mean, you've obviously sold Jimenez, which was a big loss to you, but it can't just be down to that, or is it? Yeah. So so Raul got injured against Arsenal, um, and I think. One one of the main things that I think everyone knows is that Raul's been our, our top goal scorer mm. and we rely heavily on him, not just to score goals, but to link the play. Um, and losing him obviously put us in, in a back, bad position. And Fabio Silva, who we brought in in the summer, uh, he, he's done all right, but he's 18 year, years old, coming to a completely different country, doesn't really speak, speak the language. So he's obviously going to struggle. Yeah. Um, and I don't think we've had a platform really going forward. So I think... If we win the ball, we clear it, it just comes straight back. And I think that's one of the, the main issues, along with the lack of goals. But I think recently, for some reason, I, I can't put my finger on it, we've we've become so sloppy and, uh, at the back and we've started to have so many unforced errors that in the first two seasons weren't there, whether that's lack of confidence due to Raul, um, Raul's injury. You know, if you see not just your teammate, probably... A, a very close friend. If you see a close friend going up with a header and then cracking his skull open, it put me off playing football and I don't even know Raul Jimenez. Yes. So it, it's obviously going to have some effect on the player's confidence. But yeah, the amount of silly, unforced errors, poor defensive tackles that we started to creep into our game, um, it's, it's become concerning. But I think hopefully the Arsenal game, the Arsenal win, although it was against nine men, we did look... In the second half, we did look sort of back to the Wolves of t a few seasons ago. So hopefully that can kickstart our confidence. I think that's yeah. the main thing with Wolves is confidence. Um, and if we can get the confidence high, we can get fast attacking football going again. I, th I think we'll, we'll, we can turn a corner. Say good evening to Josh Holland, one of your Wolves Vival mates. Says you're yeah. smashing it there. <laughs> if only your team could. Ooh. Oh, Ooh. man. Oh, man. <laughs> And never don't don't knock the uh, the nine man. Man United beat um, Southampton the other night. They equaled our nine nil against <laughs> them. But we did it on a wet Friday away from home against ten men. They did it on yeah. uh, on a normal day at home against nine men. So mm. you shouldn't, uh, <laughs> shouldn't knock it. But I mean, looking at um, looking at your recent form, yet you have got that Arsenal win uh, under your belt. Before that, it isn't top half performance, you know. You and and obviously the one that stands out there is obviously the West Brom one. I hate to mention it, but oh, yeah. <laughs> losing to your biggest rivals is 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 the worst thing that can happen, really, isn't it? But you know, you you've got Everton and you managed to draw with Chelsea, Crystal Palace. Surely Palace, certainly out of all of those, and West Brom, our teams you would have been looking at, at getting three points off. 
hundred percent. I think those are games that obviously, if you want to challenge for the top seven, that you've got to be winning. I think, as I said previously, the unforced errors in in those games. I think that the the West Brom game stands out for me a hell of a lot because of the unforced errors. I think you can't concede three goals at home. You can't concede three goals at home to your local rivals who are nineteenth in the league. Um, <laughs> and Sorry, the, I goals... Laugh at that, but... <laughs> <laughs> the goals that we conceded were were terrible. I think the first penalty was a challenge that didn't need to be made on the edge of the box. Again, a silly unforced error. The second goal they scored was a long throw in, which we didn't win the first ball or the second ball. And then the third the third goal was another penalty, which from a, a silly unforced error, a tackle from Cody, which you didn't need to make. So I think that's the prime. That game is the prime example of everything I've just said about. Silly unforced errors at the back starting to creep in. That we would we would never have done that the first season or the second season we were in the league. We would never have done that. We would have just stood on the edge of our box and not let them get through rather than go to win the ball. And I think it might it might be down to the, the lack of confidence that they're snatching at things and making poor decisions. Um, but yeah, as you say, th- those are results that we we sh- we really should be those are games that we should be winning. And I think we've got before the before the Arsenal game, sorry, we have one win in eight. We're up to two wins in nine now, which which isn't good enough uh, for where for the club and the ambition that we have. Craig's asked a very good question. I'm going to bring you in in a second, Craig. But um, it, it is. I mean, you you did make the comment about the fact that West Brom are your rivals, obviously, which hurts more. But the fact that they're where they are. Mm. But you know, you look at this league this season. You know, we, we've we've smashed Man City. We've beat Arsenal. We 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 walked over Chelsea. We lost to Fulham. We, we've mm. lost, you know, it's just with the situation as it is that you can't predict any game this season. You know, I mean, you know, like we said, there's been two nil nils and a one nil our last three games. It could be five four again tomorrow. You just don't know. United, Man United lost to Sheffield United. Yeah, definitely. It, it's such a such a funny season, um, you know. And do you feel do you feel going out that you, do you not feel confident about the team at the moment? I think I think I feel confident. I think before every game, I predict the Wolves are going to win because that's yeah. just the type of person I am. I think we've got the quality in the squad is is there for everyone to see. I think you, you don't have a midfield of Ruben Neves and Jean Martinho to Portuguese internationals and not be confident that you're going to win the game. I think, as I said, it's just, we've obviously been missing a goal scorer, which has become very paramount. And we've brought in Willian Jose from Real Sociedad on loan, who against Arsenal did look very good. So that's hopefully something that we can build on. Um, But no, I am confident going into every game. I think it's just the, the team, I think they're in a slump at the minute. And I think this is Nuno's first real, hard time as Wolves manager and I think it'll be interesting to see how how he comes with it, how he comes through it. There's a lot of talk about sacking Nuno, which personally I, I don't I don't see at all because if we sack Nuno now that's two years worth of project thrown out the window. So I think we're in our first tough spell and it'll be interesting to see how we come through it at the at the other end. And I do think we'll get through it relatively yeah. soon. You can read my questions here because my next question was, <laughs> do you, I mean, I, I know there's not been that many managerial changes this year, 
West Brom is obviously the, the, the main one, and I think that was done way, way, way too quickly and isn't working out that brilliantly for them. But yeah, like you said, surely you've got to stick with Nuno. There's, there's, there are three worst teams than you, at least in that division this season. Definitely. I think this is... I think the club even even described it as a transitional season for us. Mm -hmm. um, and I think when you sell Diogo Jota and Matt Doherty, that's I think that was twenty five percent of our goals that we sold in in the in the summer, and then we lose forty percent of our goals through Raul. That's sixty five percent of our goals gone. Mm -hmm. um, so I think as soon as that Raul Jimenez injury happened, we we, we saw this as a transitional season, and I, and I think. Yes, it's not good for the club image. I, I mean, if you look, say if you're a, a player in Spain and you look, the Wolves are coming in, in for you at the minute. I think you look, we're what, low down in the table. It might not be the best for the club image, but I think sacking Nuno now would, as I said, throw two, three years of project out the window. I think if you sack Nuno, you lose the core of that squad. You lose Patricio, Moutinho, Bolly. I think they're all players that play for Nuno. Um, and yeah, I, I completely stand by Nuno. I understand that football's a results-driven business and fans want success right now. And I think fans fans obviously want success now and they want to see their team doing well. Um, but I think I think we should understand that it's not going to be rosy every, every game or every season. And I think this is a, a transitional season for us. Craig, who is a co-presenter here on Leicester Till I Die TV and was uh, 70 yesterday. It'll kill me for saying that. <laughs> um, he wasn't, but, you know, we say he's 70. Um, asks you, he said, what was it viewed very much as a buying club, mainly from Portugal, but do you have young players coming through other than Kilman? I think, I think we are seen as a buying club because we are buying players. Of course we are, but... Our academy is is a very good academy. I think we've got Morgan Gibbs White came through um, mm. and has done very well at Swansea and not quite hit the ground running in the Premier League since we recalled him from loan. Obviously, Kilman's come through. We've got Owen Otasawi, who's played a few Premier League games. Um, but I think our academy is filled with a lot of youngsters who aren't quite at that level yet, aren't quite at yeah. the Premier League level yet. And I think that's why we're buying or, or as or are viewed as a buying club because the youngsters coming through are good, but they're not quite at that Premier League level that we that we need right now. So I think we are having to buy players. But to answer your question, I think yeah, we are we are seen as a buying club, but I think we we do have some very good very good players coming through the academy at the moment, and I'm excited for the future. As as indeed, you sound very much like I would have re replied to that. That was pretty much the same. But we we have got a lot of. Um, youngsters coming through we've had to because our injuries are so bad and we'll come on to injuries mm. at the moment but uh we'll come back on to another que uh, question in a minute we'll just have a, a quick 10 second break and then be right back this is leicester till i die tv subscribe to us on youtube Please do press away on that subscribe button. Um, Craig says here, Scott watches a lot of Barcelona and describes Sumido as a total fraud and couldn't believe how much you paid for him. Is he performing the way you hoped? Um, no, I, I don't believe he is. I think 
I think he's come with with the name of, Bar- of being a Barcelona player, and I think he he took he took a lot of time to settle in. He was uh, very very poor at the start of the season. He was costing us games and costing us points. And I think we we have seen a, a development in Tomato in recent weeks. I think he's adapted to English football very well. Um, recently, he didn't at the start, but he's, he's starting to starting to come good now. But I think, as you said, defensively, he, he's not. I don't believe he's there yet. I don't. I don't believe he's good enough defensively. But going forward, he, he seems to be one of our most adventurous. That's the way I describe him. Adventurous players. You know, he pops up. He, he shoots from thirty yards and uh, stuff like that. So I think going forward, he, he, he's decent. But at the back, he is. He is our liability, and he is our, our weak point in that team. And I think, as you say, he's come from Barcelona. He's become. With this, with this big prize tag and this big name of being a Barcelona player, and I think he he hasn't lived up to that yet. Yeah. Yet, hopefully, hopefully he does. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to talk Europa League just just briefly uh, because to me, Wolves were the team that kind of broke the mold because before that, a few teams had got into the Europa League. Mm-hmm. They then struggled the following season when they were in. Because it was this, all oh, we were having to play Thursday night excuse. And yet, you know, those that played in the Champions League were playing on the Wednesday night and Saturday. And it was just a case of playing Thursday and Sunday. But you kind of really broke that mould and carried on and still had a good season. And I think you got, was it the quarterfinals you got through to? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But you um, had you 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 had a, a good season whilst still competing very strongly, like I could say, in the Europa League. Yeah, we did. I think we were lucky with injuries last season. We didn't have hardly any any injuries. And the season before that, the first season that we were in the Premier League, I think one of the things that I put us da- put do- doing well down to is the lack of injuries. Um, yeah. And this is the first real season that we've started to experience injuries. But I think with the Europa League, it is hard because you, you're obviously playing a lot of games. But I don't know. I think it's I think it's the way that the manager handles the players is really important. I think the manager being smart about how he uses the players, if, I don't know, you're winning a game 2-0 at halftime, is he going to take some of the players off that are going to play mm-hmm. on the weekend and stuff like that? Um, but yeah, we, we did really well last season, especially with the Europa League. I think Burnley did it the season before us or a few seasons before us. Yeah. They really capitulated and struggled. Yeah. But I think we did well. Uh, I don't really know what to put that down to. I think our fitness as a club, as a team, is is extremely high and we were lucky with injuries. But I think credit has to go to Nuno with that because he, yeah. he did very well with managing the players. I was going to say, was there a lot of squad rotation? Not too much, actually. I think Nuno said from the minute he came in that he likes a small squad and <laughs> I think we're paying the price for having a small squad now. But I think last season... Yeah. Cody played every game. The, the back three was pretty much the same, as was the midfield, as was the front three. There was the odd rotation with Adama coming in and then dropping out. But I think that's I think Adama is a prime example of player management. I think we obviously know Adama Traore's game. It's very powerful and it's very explosive. And I think you can't have Traore playing Thursday and Sunday. So I think Nuno played him on Thursday and then brought him off the bench on Sunday. That's a prime example of player management with a lot of games and I think he was very good with that but to answer your question no there wasn't that much squad rotation I think we were just lucky with injuries really 
to be honest, again, to be honest with you, I could have answered that exactly the same for for Brendan yeah. Rodgers. You know, he, he was. We had a lot of injuries at the start, and he had to sort of do a bit of rotation. But yeah, like you say, players were coming. You know, once we were we, we were winning the game, players were coming off. It was very good, like you say, ta- tactical management. So. I'm going to ask you to name two players now. One of them is who's going to be the biggest threat to us from Wolves on Sunday? I'd say Pedro Neto. I think he's been brilliant this season. He's filled the void for Diogo Jota and probably even better Jota because at the end, Jota, it was clear Jota didn't want to play for us. He, he, was, he wasn't in the starting 11 when, when he left us. And I think Pedro Neto's really this season come on leaps and bounds. And I think he is our most attacking player I think he's our player that's going to create something from nothing and I think that's a player that Leicester really have to watch out for uh, is Pedro Neto and secondly looking at it the other way who's the player you most fear from Leicester City from Leicester City I'd say James Madison I think Madison is at the moment he's he's very very impressive I think the way he controls the game um, and and again again, like Neto makes something out of nothing I think with our with the way we defend it's very back five then the midfield i think madison if he can drop in in between and create some holes and create some pick up some gaps i think he can he can cause wolves a lot of issues and finally um well almost finally i should say what are you like and this is going to seem like an odd question what are wolves like at defending set pieces we, we've I, always. I, I, I tell you the reason I ask that because we've yet to score a, a goal this weekend, straight uh, this weekend, this season. Mm. Uh, I wish it was this weekend. We have yet to <laughs> score a goal this season, direct from a corner kick. You know, mm. it, it, we. I think we're the only team we have got, but there have been short, short corners. But we're trying to find a team that's useless at defending corners that we might get a goal <laughs> from a corner from. Well, you might you might get lucky this weekend because sometimes we're very hot and cold with set pieces sometimes we we look like we're not going to concede at all and sometimes we look completely vulnerable we mark we mark zonely and i think against brighton in the the 3-3 draw yeah. we had ruben neves marking the their 6 foot 7 left back uh, yeah. lewis burn i think something burn dan burn um so i think we positionally we're poor and I don't I'm not a fan really of zona marking. So I think you you might you might do it this weekend. Um <laughs> it just depends where we position our big players. I think if we have the likes of Ruben Neves and Jamatinho marking your centre backs, then you're gonna then you're gonna cause trouble. But if we're smart with it and we put Willy Bolly on one of your main threats, then it, it you might struggle. So I think that's the best way to answer that. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes we're hot and cold of it. That's, that's just the way it is. Well, we've, you know, fingers crossed that it will happen <laughs> one day. I, I, my pre-match guy, Josh, before every game says, this is going to be the one, this is going to be the one <laughs> yet to be it, 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 rather embarrassing. Briefly then, uh, a score prediction. We, we do a thing with some ex-players and um, they predict the score. And Steve Walsh, uh, Ian Marshall and myself have all gone for a 2-1 to Leicester. Steve Linix, and again, you, you won't know any of these, but Steve Linix, mm-hmm. he's gone 2-1 to you. I'm not too worried about that from Steve Linix because he went 2-1 to Fulham and he was completely off the mark. <laughs> 
that might be his strategy. I hope it is anyway. I'll ask him next time we have him on. But you never you never predict against your own team, do you? But are you going to get anything for, out of Leicester? Because obviously our away form is better than our home form. And we may well have Jamie Vardy back. I think... I was thinking about this earlier because I knew you were going to ask me. I think the game is going to go one of two ways. I think for Wolves, it all depends on how we start. If we start poorly like we did against Spurs, I don't think we'll get anything from the game. We've developed a habit of going behind first and going behind early. We we can see we've conceded so many goals in the first fifteen minutes of games, um, and if it wasn't for VAR, we would have conceded another one against Arsenal in in the eighth minute. So I think it all depends on how we start. I can see it going one or two ways. If we start slowly, I think we'll lose the game. If we start well and get to half time at nil, nil, then we can grow into the game and build confidence that way. And I think we might nick it two one. I think, I think my, my fat, the fan in me wants to predict two, one to Wolves, but I think the realist is leaning towards a one, one, probably, yeah, probably a one, one with the potential of Wolves maybe nicking it at the end. But, but you really hope for a 2-1, let's be honest. <laughs> it's, it's like that when say, well, as long as football's, the, the football's going to be the real winner, and you're like, yeah, no, yeah. Football, bloody hell, it isn't. No. <laughs> My team should be the winner. <laughs> Ed, quickly, once again, give uh, Wolves Favel a, a shout-out. Uh, yeah, so Wolves Favel is, is an online newspaper um, platform. We write articles uh, about, well, Wolves Favel does Wolves, obviously. Arsenal Favel does Arsenal. Every Premier League club is covered. A lot of Bundesliga is covered. A lot of Serie A and La Liga is covered. It's not just football as well. There's there's tons. There's a lot of F1 on there. Um, so, yeah, it's an online newspaper uh, website. Lots of articles, previews, reactions, stuff like that. And we've recently just branched out to starting a YouTube channel with Wolves Vavil um, and starting a, a podcast with Wolves Vavil. So, yeah, it's very fun to do and it's... It's Good. brilliant to to put articles out there and get lots of feedback from both home and away fans. Brilliant. Well, Ed, thanks so much for coming on and joining us. And it was pretty last minute when um, uh, you, you you jumped in with a colleague that couldn't come on. But thanks so much. I'd say good luck on Sunday, but I wouldn't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. It's been a pleasure, but mate. Thank you very much. But after Sunday, good luck for the rest of the season. And I, I respect Nuno as a manager and, I, and um, hold on to him. Don't let him go. Thanks very much, mate. All the best and stay safe. Thank you, mate. It's been a pleasure. Cheers. Thank you. Take care. So thanks to Ed there. That was uh, really good of him to come on. This has been Leicester Till I Die. And don't forget you, where you can get us. You can get us on YouTube, Leicester Till I Die TV, Twitter and Periscope at Leicester TID, Facebook, obviously Leicester Till I Die. We're also on Instagram, uh, Leicester Till I Die 1. And if you want to catch us up and listen to us rather than watch us, we are on all the best podcast sites, including Google, Apple iTunes, Spotify and Anchor, which is now owned by Spotify. So, you know, gets confused. We're on all the best <laughs> podcast sites. Day off tomorrow. Yay, you're saying. We're not going to have to put up with Chris again. So uh, we're going to be back on Sunday for the game. Like I say, it is a 2 o'clock kickoff. You can find it on Sky Sports if you have that platform. There are obviously other platforms that are available, maybe not as legal. BBC Radio 5, Radio Leicester and LCFC.com you can pick it up from. 
Uh, I will be back with Josh at 1.15 for the pre-match show and then with Brad and uh, hopefully Julian Watts, the X-Fox, at about 4.40 and we've all calmed down and either got drunk because we've won or thrown the cat out the window if we've lost. We'll win though, won't we? <laughs> Fingers crossed. Take care, guys. Leicester Till I Die podcasts on the Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Anchor and all podcast platforms. Thanks for watching Leicester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time. Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ultimate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.